the Founders Live podcast tells unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all over the world. Be sure to join thousands of entrepreneurs on founderslive.com. Now, quick word from our sponsors before we get started. Hey everyone, it's Nick. The world tells us there's not enough pie to go around. So what? We'll just make a bigger pie. Our new partner, Women in Cloud, has taken action with global leaders and policymakers to help women entrepreneurs create a billion dollars in economic access by 2030. The joint partnership between Founders Live and Women in Cloud is part of the global expansion work to create a billion or more dollars in economic access for women entrepreneurs. As a part of this partnership, we will join forces to provide incredible joint community access to education and advisors in helping them build successful enterprise-ready companies. In addition, both of the communities are invited to be a part of the UN delegation and collectively address UN Sustainable Development Goal Number 5 by 2030. Learn more at womenincloud.com. Welcome to the Founders Live podcast, where we tell unique and inspiring stories of entrepreneurship from all around the world. I am Nick Hughes. I am the CEO and founder of Founders Live. And today we have a special guest uh, coming out of San Diego, California. We have Alex Resnick. He comes from the sales and leadership consulting world, and he is also the Founders Live San Diego city leader. Uh, Alex, how you doing, man? Hey, Nick, I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm, I'm actually sitting in Portland, Oregon right now, but uh, in not so distant future, I will actually be down in your world in San Diego. Uh, really excited about that as well. And, um, you know, I was there last, you know, uh, in, in 2019, uh, but excited to uh, get back there. But um, man, it's nice to chat here and uh, excited to have a really good conversation uh, tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the meat of our of our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just a quick side note, stoked to have you back in San Diego again. Last year was a lot of fun and a great opportunity to connect, but also get Founders Live off the ground. So it's going to be fun to uh, revisit it a year later uh, with you. So looking forward to that. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, just so just a little bit about me. Uh, short story, born and raised. Uh, New Jersey, uh, northern New Jersey up there, kind of west of New York City, moved to San Diego about nine years ago, uh, which is funny because it was only going to be one or two years, but it's pretty beautiful here, so it'll kind of suck you in, right? Um, and my career has been, for the last 12 to 13 years, across uh, sales and business development, and then in just the last couple of years, I started to position more on the um, consulting and training world with an emphasis on um, sales training, leadership consulting. And so that's what I do full time. Uh, I work for a company called Corn Ferry, big management consulting company. Um, so we provide, again, sales training, leadership consulting, and, and various services around that. And then um, personally growing my side business, Evolve Leadership, where I help founders with the critical communication and other interpersonal skills that are absolutely you know, essential to building relationships and growing their business. And then I also work with career professionals, uh, helping them get aligned on what career path to follow 
how, uh, you know, putting together a strategy to get that career and then also developing, again, those same communication and interpersonal skills to make sure they can, you know, land the job interview, get the promotion, close the deal, et cetera. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. And, um, you know, I think what you are uh, doing on a larger enterprise level uh, then learning and then bringing to even early stage entrepreneurs and companies is, is like, it is invaluable, man. And then honestly, it's the intangible that uh, I think sets successful founders apart is just understanding those, like we're talking about communication. We're talking about leadership. We're talking about uh, understanding the nuance of even, you know, humans and motivation and psychology to understand how to navigate, you know, in an industry. I mean, that's, that's absolutely essential. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, everything comes down to people. It doesn't matter what business you're in, what industry you're in. It's people that make up your team. It's people that buy your product or service. It's your, you know, your people are investing your money. People are your partners. It's your relationships. And it's amazing how often I see that put on the back burner and everyone just obsesses over the money, the data, the software. And obviously that stuff's important, but it doesn't work if the people side of the picture is broken. And I've experienced, you know, even working for startups, having startup clients where they had phenomenal products or services, amazing software platforms, brilliant, brilliant people behind it in terms of intellect and ability. But all of their challenges for growth had to do with their people problems. And uh, it's been one of those reoccurring themes that I've seen over the years where that's why I keep coming back to it, where you know, I'm interested in a lot of things, but the thing I'm definitely the most passionate about is the people, the relationships, the the psychology behind building strong relationships, being an effective communicator, things of that nature. That's so interesting, and I, I want to um, I want to pause on that. We'll come back because I think that there's there's definitely some nuggets there that we'll touch on. But uh, hey, let's um, as a city leader and really excited man. Just I was so excited when you jumped on board, which was about a year ago. So it was early, uh, it was yeah. late 2018, early 2019. Um, let's walk through a little bit of what, what was it about Founders Live that, that hit your radar and raised your eyebrows and that really influenced you to want to step on board? Yeah, so it's a couple, it's a couple things, but it's a funny story because I got introduced to you um, through my buddy, Doug Hall. So Doug, if you're listening, shout out to you, props, brother. Um, he just took a gnarly uh, um, cut to the leg from uh, his surfboard fin, by the way, too. Just brutal. I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll share that with you after the podcast, but I uh, hope he's healing up okay by the time yeah. he hears this. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we were out for dinner and we were talking about how we wanted to either create a community or tap into a community that felt more like you were building a tribe and you got to you got to meet other people in the startup ecosystem, founders, investors, engineers, sales, marketers, whatever. And we were like, you know, I wonder if there's anything out there like that. Maybe we should just start something. The things that we had looked into in the past felt really, you know, kind of like that forced networking group where everyone's just looking for referrals. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of awkward, you know, which is obviously what we're all like, uh, we're trying to not be about at all. No name tags, mm-hmm. that whole thing. So literally we were talking about, hey, maybe we'll start this thing. And we got all excited. And I mean, not even a week later, uh, his mutual friend to you reached out to him and told him all about you and this group. 
And Doug calls me. He's like, you're never going to believe the conversation I just had. I'm like, what's up? He goes, remember everything we were talking about at dinner last week? Well, there's a guy already doing that. He's growing it across the globe, but largely across America right now. And he needs someone to run San Diego. I think you got to connect with him, at least hear him out. And I immediately, <laughs> I was like, unless this goes terribly, I'm already in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'd be very even talk to you. I was like, I'm in. This is awesome. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so then you and I jumped on a call and I think we just like vibed for like an hour, just like nonstop yeah. conversation. Cause our goals are very similar, um, for both career goals, but also like community goals. Like we both care about connecting other people just kind of like naturally is something I know you're obviously very passionate about that. You grew founders live. I've always been, if I meet someone, I immediately think about who I can connect that person to. I don't want anything in return. I just love to do it. Yeah. Um, so back to your question of like, what was it about Founders Live? It's very community oriented. It puts founders in, in these small neighborhoods or small towns around, um, around the world on a bigger stage and puts a spotlight on them where they can get exposure that they otherwise might not have. And I thought that that was really fascinating. And I love that, you know, when I host these events, and I'm a part of these events, it feels like you're building a tribe or a community of good people. It doesn't feel like someone's there to like sell something to me or, or to someone else. And that's also the feedback I get from the crowd too, because people don't feel like they're going to get blown up by some sales rep and I'm not knocking sales reps. I, I am one, but it's, you can feel that sort of forced awkwardness where you're like, man, this person's only talking to me because they want me to refer them or they want to sell me something. You don't get that at Founders Live. You literally just meet good people because we have a common interest of professional and personal growth that happens to be oriented towards the startup world. So I, I love it. That's, that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's, it's amazing how it just timing wise just falls into place. And uh, that's hilarious, man. If you, I, I kind of, I kind of wish I would have known that, the deal was already set before we even talked, but it's just funny that um, it, it, it worked out really well. Um, so, you know, <laughs> I guess what, what has been your experience thus far and, um, you know, sum up uh, the Founders Live experience from a city leader's point of view, because look, there's, you know, a lot of people are listening and they've either presented at Founders Live or they've attended one, but, you know, you're, you're, you're in the heart of that in um, San Diego. So, you know, what draws you to be the city leader and, you know, how is that going? Um, yeah, so I guess a couple of things. So the, the draw to being a city leader, um, I mean, personally, I wanted to get myself out there more. I wanted to practice my public speaking skills. I wanted to push myself outside of my comfort zone, but I wanted to do it in, in a way that, you know, was aligned. So again, like everything I just mentioned, Founders Live being aligned versus maybe some other type of networking group wouldn't be a good fit. Um, and, and the draw in addition is San Diego is just a booming startup scene right now. And there's just like, I mean, you can Google anything and ton of articles will come up about how it's, you know, the next Silicon Valley, everything's are coming down from San Francisco to LA and now San Diego. There's a ton of VC money coming in. There's a lot of brilliant tech startups um, that have been popping up. I'm fortunate enough to know a number of these founders now. Um, so being a city leader, I just get completely tapped into this community um, and it's been really great. It's been very eye-opening too, because the, the startup scene is growing here more than I thought it was. And I already was aware of its growth. You know what I mean? If you start to like peel back the layers and you're like, oh, this is like real deal. There's billions of dollars being invested in companies now. Um, 
right in San Diego, where only, you know, 10, 20 years ago, it was not, definitely not the case. Um, and then my perspective of, of what I'm experiencing is a tremendous amount of positive feedback. Uh, I hope people aren't just like, you know, stroking our ego here. And, but it, it seems like there's a lot of reoccurring faces, which has been, which have been great. Um, you know, I would say every month we get anywhere between like 40 and 60 people in attendance, just depending on, you know, the time of the year. And at least, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, ha there's a dozen or more who are pretty consistent. It's like, and I, and I never even knew them beforehand. It's not like they're just friends who show up. It's they, they decided to come to this every month because they love it. They also are really involved in asking questions after the founder's pitch, which I love because it creates, and you've experienced this time and time again, it just creates really good natural dialogue of learning more about the person's business. And then a lot of times I'll see those founders because I'm always observing the room to make sure people are having a good time and things like that. And I'll see those founders connecting with those folks who asked all those questions. And you could tell that they're, you know, I'll get emails after the next day, like, Hey, I met this really awesome person who's going to refer me to so-and-so and they might be an angel investor or they, you know, they're looking for a CTO and we, you know, it's like the, the partnership they were looking for, you know, they found that person or those people, um, which I just love. And um, I would say for the most part, most founders come pretty well prepared for the pitch, but if there's something that I'm observing consistently is it's, it's hard to nail that 99 second time, but only if you're not concise about your message. Otherwise I think it's a good amount of time. Um, so I think that's one thing I, I do want to put more emphasis on this year is having the founders come more prepared for their pitch. Cause man, I have seen amazing business ideas completely flop <laughs> like like yeah. cringeworthy and you're and you feel so bad because I, I like literally i can think of one right now where i was like damn when i was on the phone with you i was so stoked like sure you were a winner and you didn't even articulate what you do like yeah. in 99 yeah. seconds like people uh it's you know yeah, but that's the way it goes but you know so just yeah touching on that um there's a few things and you know when i'm uh, down there in San Diego, we'll definitely touch on this more, but there are a few things coming down the line that we, as, uh, uh, you know, holistically, uh, all the founders around the world will have at least somewhat of a more holistic uh, preparation experience uh, that we're going to, we're going to drive internally, but also, you know, um, like that. yeah, but like, you know, just even uh, providing locally, uh, there might be, whether it's you or someone else, um, putting a little more emphasis on uh, preparation leading up to it, uh, all that. Um, so we'll, t you know, we can kind of pause on that and talk about that later. But what I wanted to get yeah. to actually is let's f follow on to that is what do you think does go into a great pitch then? Yeah. I mean, I think practicing the, the message to be concise, articulate, clear right off the bat, so people can have that aha moment quickly and you hook them in. Um, and personally, I think slides that don't have too much content, because uh, I also noticed that when people try to go through a lot of slides and they're content heavy, the audience stops listening and they just try to read for themselves what's on the slides. Yep. And, and I think another element is really connecting to a pain point early and how you solve that pain. Because a lot of these companies, they're in 
their products or services that we might personally never use, but it is a huge market for a small business, you know, an accounting firm, um, some sort of, you know, it, there's like, obviously there's all these different industries or all these different avenues uh, of, of products and, and services that can solve problems that might not affect us directly. But if you explain what the, what the pain is and how massive of an impact that pain is currently having on a certain industry, for example, and then how you solve that, then I think anyone in the crowd can quickly kind of get it or have that aha moment, right? It's not like, oh, we don't get it because we're not software engineers. It's like, well, you should explain it so that the marketers and the sales reps get it too, right? And yeah. you don't need to be a data junkie or you know, a, a programmer or coder to, to understand this solution, for example. So it's that layman's terms explanation to the pain point, how you solve it in a clear, concise way. Very good. And uh, yeah, I would, I say this uh, every so often, but I would also say, because you mentioned earlier, you know, look, 99 seconds is equally difficult and it goes really fast, but you can also uh, pack a lot of in. You can pack a lot of it into that, uh, in that time frame, uh, but prepare for like a minute 20. So if you're thinking about or going to have, you know, provide, give your 99 second pitch at a future Founders Live event, you really want to look at preparing for like a minute 20 to give yourself some buffer and, um, you know, yeah. don't r race to, don't race to put as many words in as possible. It's actually, uh, like Alex just said, it's a concise, it's, uh, it's, um, it, it, it hits the points, but it's not jumble of everything that you want to mash into, you know, a, a, from a, right. a, a five minute pitch and mash it all into 99 seconds. That's not the way to go about it. Um, so it's interesting. And you know right. what, this is, I, I love this transition. Uh, you are now really focused on communications, leadership, messaging, um, you know, so let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, Cause it, you know, we opened with it and you were, really starting to talk about, um, it's really about the people, it's about the communication. Uh, so first and foremost, I guess the first question would be, uh, what pulled you in this direction? Because clearly what I want to hit on is, look, there's, there's very sales oriented people. And, and yet you are, yes, you have that in, in your repertoire, but you really just touched on some amazing things that I believe are intangible for success, especially as an entrepreneur. So what drew you into this more people, communication, leadership skills sort of area? Yeah, so, so I guess it's, it's part of a, of, of a pretty big interwoven story from like childhood to college, but I'm gonna fast forward to that part. And in college, uh, I'll go right to the college example from where it came from, where in my major, I was lucky enough to have a major as entrepreneurship and uh, business management. And one of the classes was emotional intelligence in the workplace, which is crazy because this is, you know, 15 plus years ago, pretty progressive class. And I remember all like the finance and econ majors were like, this is lame, stupid, you know, airy fairy. And I'm in there like, oh my God, this is unlocking the world. Like, I, was so, I was so stoked on it. <laughs> but what we did was in the class, you had to work in teams. You had to, you had to do a lot of work. Um, around developing your self-awareness, developing your communication skills and your interpersonal skills. And that was how you showed progress in the class. And the way that you did that was there was these paid student consultants who would observe you, observe your behavior, and then give you feedback reports based on, you know, content from Daniel Goleman and all these other 
uh, great minds out there in the, in the emotional intelligence and EQ world. So to me, like the light bulb went off. I was like, this is brilliant. And I'm like just naturally very passionate and interested in it. So my free time is I'm listening to podcasts, audiobooks, reading articles around like psychology, emotional intelligence, communication, human behavior. I'm not, you know, in the, you know, I'm not like sports center on and reading about like someone's rushing yards. Like, I don't know shit about football, but I, I could talk about this all day. You know what I mean? So this is just where I've always been kind of interested. And then as, so I went to, uh, be a paid student consultant for the remaining three years of college. I loved it. I learned a tremendous amount. And what I found is when I got into the working world, all of those skills were helping me get every single, I got every job offer on every interview I ever went on. Um, anytime I started off at a new job and it was, you know, sales quotas or whatever, it's always qu crushing those quotas. And I'd come out the gate strong because I was just leveraging all these, um, all these skills that I had learned really just all around people and understanding people. Um, understanding the work environment, understanding my partners, understanding clients at the end of the day, all people, right? Mm -hmm. So fast forward over the last 12 or so years, I've been in sales, but I've always been drawn to some type of trainer um, or mentor role. So I was, was like a sales rep carrying a quota, but also like was the regional sales trainer for some time or managed a small team or would be the mentor who would go on like field rides with new reps and that was where I always got the most fulfillment. So it was a combination of I'm passionate about it. I'm interested in it starting from college essentially, but then also loved helping other people um, with training, mentoring, coaching, however I could. So in the last couple of years, it occurred to me to make sense to, you know, get out. I was in software sales for a while. I pivoted over to the training world and now I'm at this, you know, training and consulting company where I'm working in this space full time. Um, which is great because it's just been a phenomenal amount of learning um, and just great experience. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just kind of always occurred to me that that was the most important thing compared to, you know, it wasn't money that it wasn't data. It wasn't software. It wasn't e-commerce. It was, it was always the people that I was most drawn to. Right. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, and I've heard it a lot, which is there's really two, there's two ways that startups ultimately fail. And the first one is uh, essentially the end of the road or lack of capital. And, and, and that, that could be like, uh, shoot, we literally like can't operate anymore. The expenses are massively too much compared to what's coming in if there's nothing in the bank um, or yeah. Or if you're an early stage company, it's like, hey, uh, we literally like, I need to go get a job and pay myself or, you know, get some income right. versus we, we, we literally can't survive anymore. But the second one, and it arguably is the most more important one, is actually because of the people and the humans. And it's because right. most time, like the <laughs> dynamics of the team, if not the co-founders, they literally break up like a divorce because they can't operate together. So it is literally like the, it is the team and the, the interaction between them is either uh, positive or ultimately it's negative and it falls apart. So this is why it's so important. Right. And uh, what do you think the, when you're observing now like early stage startups and as, especially through because of the city leader role, um, what, are you, what are you seeing that uh, maybe is some kind of low hanging fruit mistakes in terms of you know, communications and, you know, messaging and leadership, and you can kind of pick one of those uh, that 
that, that seem to be people tripping up on a lot. Yeah. So I think it's, I mean, again, there's, there's a lot there. Um, I think a big thing that is overlooked and it has a tremendous amount to do with building real, meaningful, trusting relationships is listening and what I like to call empathetic listening. And I think when people hear communication, they want, they think immediately like gifty gabs, smooth talker. And it's not about that. It's about your ability to truly connect with somebody. So when someone else feels not just think, we're not just like thinking, right. But when someone feels understood, they feel that's the beginning of building trust with that other person. And when you trust somebody else, then you have a foundation for a real relationship. You can have open and honest lines of communication. If there's something not going perfectly, you can have a candid conversation about it and not have to hide or cover it up or avoid it. Um, you also feel like you're not being judged. So you could share ideas with someone and they're not gonna be like, oh, that was stupid. They, they could be like, oh, well, let's think it through, right? Because there's an element of trust, lack of judgment. And a lot of that kind of the, the portal into getting there is through empathetic listening. And I don't really like the term active listening because I think it makes people think about tactics. Like, oh, if uh, I tilt my head a little and nod my chin, that means I'm listening. Don't act like you're listening, like actually listen, right? So active listening seems to be more tactical versus empathetic listening is the mindset of, I am truly trying to understand this person. I'm trying to understand where they're coming from. Where did this thought process come from? What might they be going through? Is there challenges going on in their life that is affecting this type of communication, right? Because a lot of times if someone's a dick to you, for no reason, if someone's being a jerk to you, it's not because of something you did. A lot of times there's other stuff going on in their lives, right? It's just a reflection of what they're going through. So if I can give one tip to everybody, but especially founders who are looking to build a real team with a foundation of trust and and from trust gets work ethic, from trust gets progress, from trust gets all, you know, you get all the meaningful qualities from a foundation of trust. It would be developing your empathetic listening and overall like empathy in total for, for other people. Um, and I know maybe that sounds like a little airy fairy or out there, but I think so much comes from there once you've done that. Um, you're, yeah, I, I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, I'll take it one step further. And, you know, if, if someone's listening here and they're just thinking a, a little bit or a lot, I would assume you're thinking a lot right now. And it's, um, okay, empathetic listening. Uh, one thing that it, I've noticed that I've, you know, I, I study this stuff too, dude. I've, I've read all the books I know that you've read and it's so valuable. Um, one thing that I've learned is just repeating, when someone tells you something, repeating what you've heard to almost, it's like, I'm going to, just clarify, is this what you meant? And, and just yeah. simply restating, I mean, that tells them, that tells people right there, you're listening and you're trying and you're literally like, I'm looking to get to the same page as you. Is this what I just heard? Or can you give me yeah, more clarification? Exactly. That's, that's huge. And you know, you're, you're right, man, over time that empathetic, uh, essentially empathetic listening and communication starts to establish trust and, and, you know, um, a, a deeper relationship so that they can simply uh, feel comfortable and confident in difficult conversations. And that's where 
teams either stay together and they get better because they're like, you know, look, we're able to work through some of these challenges or if they haven't done this work, you know, together, you know, the first real uncomfortable conversation could possibly be the last one, you know, and not, right. not to men- not to mention, geez, you know, and this is so crazy, but, you know, coming out of the gate when you're co-founding a, a startup with someone, guess what the most uncomfortable conversation is very early on? What, what do you think it is? Um, money. <laughs> money. Like, but, like how, the equi- how the equity split up. So the most uncomfortable exactly. conversation of founders early on? Yes. Like, exactly. So think about this for a second. You know, you're coming out of the gate and you're literally saying, like, I own this, you own that, and here's why, and blah, 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 blah. And, and you know, so very quickly, teammates and co-founders, you know, th- it's not easy, but you got to come to this place very quickly of um, established relationship, quality communication, empathetic listening, so that there's trust, so that when you're literally determining, and it's unfortunate that we do do this very instantly out of the gate is determining ownership and numbers of quantified value, but you're doing that. And so like, these are the things that either you get on the same track or it's instantly out of the gate. It's like, Ooh, I don't trust that person. Uh, Why are they doing this? Uh, why are they saying that that way? What, why are they like, why are they emailing me at midnight or one? Do they not trust that I'm actually doing the stuff that we already talked about? You know, so that's crazy, right? right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's insane too, because it's like, we get so removed from the human element because there's just a lot going on in our world, right? Technologies. Um, everywhere, which is great. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's a phenomenal thing. We have these amazing tools. We could start a business from our phone tonight, right? It's mind-blowing time that we live in. But one of the byproducts of this is um, over time, we, we lose touch with that human side. And sometimes when you talk about it to certain founders, you know, it's, you know, they might think it's kind of like BS or whatever. And it's like, nah, we just got to focus on the money. And it's like, I've seen, I've literally, I've worked with sales leaders who kept trying to like readjust the comp plan to incentivize their sales reps and had nothing to do with the comp plan. The comp plan was already fine. It was the sales reps didn't trust uh, the leadership and they didn't feel connected to the vision of the company. They didn't feel appreciated. They didn't feel heard or listened to. Um, And the only things that would change would be like, Oh, well maybe we give them a bigger bonus incentive. It's like, that's not the only thing that drives behavior. Right. It's, it's, you got to, got to stay focused on that human element. Um, and I think so much stems from there, right? Customers don't buy from people they don't trust. Employees don't stay at companies with working for managers. They don't trust, you know, so So I can go on and on all day on this topic. So I'm trying to cut myself off. (laughs) Uh, Totally. Um, outside of like, you know, let's label that empathetic listening, uh, when you see qual- like incredible leaders, maybe you've worked with them previously, or even you know within you know some of the stuff that we do, just great founders or incredible leaders. What do you think? What characteristics do they have, or like what do you think that they're doing that you've noticed that you really are impressed and you think are quality leadership skills? Yeah. So like kind of two sides of the coin. And so one side that piggybacks on what we were just talking about, they ask great questions of the people that they're around. They show genuine interest. Um, and, and you could feel that presence right away. You're like, Oh man, you know, I just had a great conversation with Nick. I could feel like I could tell you like really cared. He asked me a lot of questions about 
what was either going on in my personal life or work or whatever it was. So there's, there's an interest in other people through great and, and a way to, to show people that is through great questions to connect with people and make those people feel heard, understood, et cetera. And then the other side of it is the way that they can communicate their vision and not just the goals, but the vision for the company or their vision for what they're doing and it inspires other people to take action. And I think a lot of that comes through um, very effective communication in the verbal and nonverbal. So there's the verbal of what you say, the way you articulate your tone of voice, and then the nonverbal of your body language, your hand gestures, your posture, your, your overall presence. We are, as humans, we're very, very connected to those things. And sometimes we can't even describe it, but we say like, oh, someone has this like infectious nature, this, this um, what's it, that magnetic way about them. You just want to be around that person. Well, that can be deliberately practiced through nonverbal communication practice, right? Um, it's not like a coincidence that Tony Robbins <laughs> can like dominate a room of like 10,000 people, yeah. right? He, he spent his first half of his career mastering those skills of communication. So now he's just a presence energetically. So I think great leaders possess those two things. They listen and they care about their people and, the, and anyone who they're talking to. I've noticed that by observing even at the events. Um, you know, I saw a guy who already had a million dollar business talking to um, another person who was just starting out. They might've been 22 years old and they just showed up to this event because they thought it looked cool. And I, I could tell they were having like a nice conversation and they were on totally different playing fields, like financially and professionally. But, you know, the founder didn't treat him poorly because he was, some younger person starting out, you know what I mean? So it's that making other people feel understood and building that trust. And then also the way you communicate yourself and, and um, really enroll other people into your vision of, of what you're doing and where your company's going. Yeah. I like, I like how you just brought in nonverbal because it's, it's way more important than, than people. I think even realize and, and you're right. Like it's sometimes we're not even aware, but man, you know, you want to go back to trust and you want to go back to um, understanding, you know, literally the cues that, you know, the cues that you're putting out, it's, it's totally, it's totally affecting it. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, it's funny that you brought up the, uh, the event, man, when you, when you step back and look at that event, it is like a, a human nature study. And I love it, man. It, I love, <laughs> yeah, I love what we've created. I love what we've created because um, it's really interesting to see, especially because we're putting people in a place that is, can be anxious and they can be nervous and, you know, they're getting up sure. on stage and they're, they're in front of possibly hundreds of people and you observe someone and you're looking at them. Like you can instantly see this person's got it because they're confident or this person's like not there yet. <laughs> and, um, right, and, right. I, I, I have a big empathy for people that are not there yet. And that's what we're here for, but it's, oh, it's amazing. And then watching, watching the social interactions and the dynamics, um, you know, I, I just think what you just pulled out there was, uh, there's a lot more going on than uh, on the surface level. And if, as a leader, if you can start to look at this type of stuff, understand yourself, but observe others, you're going to pick up a lot more than, a, than most people. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot, especially the last point you just said, observing others. So much of this learning on how to connect with other people is through observation, observation of what other people are doing. And you can even just observe like body language if you want. Um, there's a lot to observe. And then also observe, observing your own behavior 
and your own sort of thoughts and emotions when you're in a room. If you walk in, you feel a little bit nervous, just recognizing that and then being like, you know, that's okay. I'm in a new place, but that doesn't mean I'm like not worthy of this conversation over here. Cause sometimes that nerve, those nerves can be like self-destructing when they really don't have to be. It's like, everyone feels nerves. We feel nerves when we go up on stage, but we were like, all right, but those are good nerves. Cause I'm about, you know, I'm going to communicate this message now. Right. Um, so I, I think you bring up a really good point. If, you, if people could be practiced being more observant of themselves uh, and others, tremendous amount of learning and growth can come from that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so in, in any leadership, especially as a founder and, you know, if you're the CEO or you're just the leading the team, um, you know, start to observe your, yourself if you can, but your team as well in, in ways that uh, you're going to really discover insights on, on the people you're leading. So um, that's good. Uh, yeah, man, we could talk all, we could talk all day and thankfully it's, you know, fairly soon I'll be down there and be able to hang out longer, but um, yeah, for sure. Alex, this has been, this has been awesome. Um, where can people, uh, if they want to reach out and chat with you more, maybe have uh, a deeper conversation on this sort of topics, like where can they find you? Yeah. Um, LinkedIn, Alex Resnick, and I'm sure a couple will pop up. So my employer right now is Corn Ferry. Um, so please add me on LinkedIn, shoot me a message there. Um, I'm launching my site evolveleadership.co.co. Um, and then also, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, same thing, just search my name, I'll pop up there. But uh, anyone listening, I love connecting with people all around the world. I don't care how someone heard of me or, or vice versa. So if anyone is curious or wants to reach out, um, I'm all for it. That'd be fantastic. And would love to hear from anyone. So great. Well, uh, thank you, man. Uh, keep rocking in San Diego. And I'm excited to visit. If anyone's listening and, you know, uh, hopefully we push this out as soon as possible, but um, it'll be early March that I'll be there. So uh, please reach out to me and attend our next event it's gonna be exciting and uh, really really just just blessed to be on the road and to visit you all down in southern california awesome yeah thanks again so much and i just got to say man um, a tremendous amount of props to you uh and a, a lot of gratitude for you know bringing me on board to run san diego you are kicking ass you're growing this thing globally so you should be really proud of yourself, but uh, just, you know, I'm really excited for you and I'm uh, really grateful to be a part of this whole mission. So thanks again. Uh, awesome. I appreciate it. Well, thank you. And everyone else, uh, thanks for listening. This is the Founders Live podcast. Um, we tell amazing and unique, inspiring stories all over the world. Uh, we release now two episodes a week. So keep your eye out each week. There's new stuff and people just need to hear about it. So uh, spread it around. Thank you all. And until next time, uh, keep rocking.